Welcome to Off the Rip with your hosts that front like they know the most. We talking smack about whoever, whatever is currently on our minds. We ain't no experts, so don't get hurt if we say something that rubs you the wrong way. This is a place where ideas get thrown out and tossed around. If you can't take the heat, get up out the kitchen. We about to serve them up. It's Reem D, Mook, and Shiz. It's Off the Rip. Nothing in common. Nothing to say, nothing in common. I can't stay comfortable in common. Now listening to your wifey's favorite DJ. Yo, 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 what's good? Hello, good morning. Tell me what the lick read. What's popping? You here with your host? that be fronting like they know the most. That's right. Minus one. We down one man today, but that's all right. He's with us in spirit. He's out there coaching the youth. Shout out to Mook. Go ahead and coach them up yes. over there. You know what I'm saying? Go go. Uh, be a educator of young minds. But we here with Shiz. And, and yo, we got to mention, man. It's a little bit yeah. different now. Yo, we, got, yo. we got to talk about it, right? Big Daddy Shiz. Big Daddy Ooh, Shiz. I like the way that I like the way that, <laughs> that came off your tongue. Oh, yeah. I like the way that came off your tongue, bro. Say that one more time. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> Let's talk about. It. We got a brand new father right now. We got a brand new father. Yeah, man. I'm the pat man. Talk about it, man. Oh man. Give us uh, a, little, a little insider experience. Oh, I want to hear about the drive too, because I feel yeah, like you so sw- we switch lanes. We um. <laughs> That's what I was planning for. I thought it was going to be something like that. But Tuesday last week, we went in to the ER because we thought Annabelle was having like Braxton Hicks, which are like those fake contractions. And uh, so I'm thinking like, OK, we bother. We finna grill out once we get back because they're going to send us home and I'm going to watch the Celtics game. And so we get up in there. Her uh, doctor comes into the room. She does her thing. She's she's looking at the area. and She's like, oh. Oh, okay. So she was like, um, yeah, so you're two centimeters dilated and um, you're going to either have this baby tonight or tomorrow. And by the way, we're keeping you here for the night. And I was like, <laughs> so I'm thinking like, damn, all right. So then they, they do this thing where they induced her. So they sped up her contractions. So it got to the point where, you know, they fed it through the IV and her contractions were happening like every, like, three to five minutes and like if y'all when y'all have kids y'all see like the contraction graph them shits look like earthquakes like it's <laughs> it's that shit is crazy bro like i have yo, know, my wife the way she she thug that shit out man and she was having issues with her epidural they had to like switch it up a couple of times because she was she was feeling a lot of pain and they were like yo we like For the dummies out there what's the epidural so an epidural is when they um it's pretty much like an anesthesia. So it's like they plug it's it in. that loud pack, though. That shit make your <laughs> No, it's like it in. literally numbs. It like, you, numbs. you don't feel. My girlfriend's feel laughing at me right now for asking yeah, that yeah. question. Yeah, so they they pretty much numb. Um, it's in your I, spine. I think it's, I think it's yeah, it hits, it, it taps into your spine and they feed this medicine that like numbs you from the stomach all the way down. Oof. So she can't, she's not supposed to feel anything. I knew it was um, like a painkiller, but I didn't know how it exactly worked. Oh yeah, no, that shit, yeah. that shit, like, it's yeah, not loud. You, you can't, you can't move. But that's that shit that killed Michael Jackson. So, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so she wasn't supposed to feel anything, but as she was getting these contractions, she could, she could like really feel it to the point where I mean, her face was turning red. She was crying, and um, I guess the head of anesthesia, the head anesthesiologist had to come in and like do what he had to do to like pretty much take care of that pain um and it got to the point where 
shit, she was she was getting ready to start pushing. And it was me and one other nurse in the room. And the nurse was like, okay, Annabelle, push down on a contraction. And she pushed, she looked, she said, okay, you're gonna have this baby now. We're gonna, we're gonna start, we're gonna go into delivery right now. And I'm like, okay. So I'm thinking nurses and doctors about to, you know, flood the room. And she was like, uh, grab her leg and hold it up to your chest, Annabelle, uh, on the count of 10, start pushing. And I'm like, yo, whoa, hey, what <laughs> was like, wait a minute. Yo, this shit, wait, hold on. I was like, wait. And she was like, yeah. She said, no, she's going to, Annabelle, start pushing. So she starts pushing on my chest. And I'm like, I'm starting to pass out because I'm, you know, I'm looking down there and I'm like, I don't want to see, <laughs> I don't want to see nothing come out of there, right? And then the nurse is going to have a nerd to get mad at me and be like, all right, well, if you're going to pass out, we can't have another patient in here. And in my head, I'm like, bitch, I ain't sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so she called she called some people in next thing you know there's like five people in the room and i'm thinking in my head that you know they put like a damn um like a A barrier or something a sheet up or something i'm thinking i have my little speech i'm gonna you know talk to (laughs) annabelle and like coach it like through the you know the breaths and the pushes and stuff and everything was open for me to see and i couldn't help but to like look down and 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 see this process And it was um it was a uh, emotional roller coaster, but definitely a beautiful experience to see uh, Kai come into this world, man. It was, yo, it that shit was something else. It didn't hit me until two days after that. I was like a father. It was like literally just like me and him, bro. And he started crying. I picked him up and stuff. And like every now and then, he would open up his eyes and look at me, and it just that's my dog, bro. Like. That's my up, dog. <laughs> That's my boy. That's dope, man. That's fire. Yeah. That's so. fire. I'm real happy for y'all, yeah. man. Appreciate it. Can that. you play music in there? I think you can, but yeah, you know, I wasn't. You should have put on like push and pee. Ah shit. Push it. And... <laughs> push it. Push it real good. Yeah. Mm, that that one would have got it popping. Yeah, but for me, honestly, I, I just can't like. Just being in there with her, I, I can't understand how like any like women could go through that process, that laboring process by themselves, man. And there's a lot of there's a lot of women that like go through that, but that shit is that's something else, man. I got so much respect for I mean, I've always obviously I respect my women, the women that are in my life and just women in general, but just to see them go through that process, that was me. <laughs> man, we ain't having no babies. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. yeah, dude, I've been thinking about that sometimes. Like, yo, back in the day, women just had to thug it out and have babies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, no hospital, no epidural, just plot. Like, here's a kid. Woo. Hey, man, it speaks to how far we've come. And yet, still, there's probably too many people that, that, that die from from birthing you know and we're still not good enough at taking care of people like that it is wild mm. there's I, a subset of women that die more and, and nice segue t appreciate that and so that related to that there was a story that came out i think sometime last week um louisiana senator bill cassidy did an interview with politico speaking about um maternity death rates and in this interview he said some pretty 
what I feel like are concerning comments, but you know, people can uh, decipher it and determine how they feel about it. But in the interview, he said about a third of our population is African-American, speaking about Louisiana. Um, African-Americans have a higher incidence of maternity mortality. So if you correct our population for race, we're not as much of an outlier as it otherwise appear. He later goes on to say, now I say that not to minimize the issue, but to focus the issue as to where it would be. For whatever reason, people of color have a higher incidence of maternal mortality rate. And so for people that aren't aware, um, black women die at a much higher percentage than um, any other race when giving birth. Um, and this has been a issue for a long, long time, many, many years now. And this is a serious concern related to medical bias um, and how people of color are treated when they go to the hospital. And so for him as a doctor and a senator to make this comment, you know, to me was mind blowing, but I'm curious what your guys' reactions are just hearing um, a, a sitting senator speak about this kind of issue like that. It's crazy white how man you talking just... about on oh, my fault, T. Go ahead. Go ahead, bro. No, I was just saying, I said, just another white man talking about some shit that he ain't got no business talking about. So <laughs> that's, that's, it's all lip service. Well, no, shit's like he, he does have business because he's a doctor. But I, I think the issue here is his, his business is completely, um, misguided. He, he's missing the, the point of, of what he's actually saying here. Like, I feel like he's like in denial because mm -hmm. in the sense that whether it's denial of his racism or denial of like a clear fact um, mm -hmm. saying like, Oh, if you like the, the issue is why are black women dying more? And I mean, the overwhelming, my overwhelming assumption is because they um, it is fact that they thought that black people didn't feel pain the same way that mm -hmm. um, white people or other people felt pain. So like here and within that, like, you know, you got Tuskegee Airmen type shit, like, like, oh yeah, they can handle it. All right, we'll just let them die off or whatever. Maybe they won't, right? Cause they don't be feeling pain. Like, um, is obviously they, there's less care, the epidural situation. I could imagine like if, if I was a black woman or something like that, that the likelihood of them being like, oh damn, that shit not working. They go to that damn gorilla spine, it just didn't work. Like, <laughs> so. It's just pure racism. And he just Yo, did Dave, you called her a soldier for the reason. That's crazy. Yo, we, so we said, really started like you, this. You now. called her a silverback? Nah, I'm saying that's what a racist person would think. Like, oh, oh yeah, damn. Nah. So that that faulty gorilla spine, you know? No, nah, I feel you, dog. The inherent racism or the implicit racism or the systemic institutional racism, all of them combined go into the healthcare system but it's very rarely talked about. Um, we work in uh we work with young students young young folk young kids and mostly we work on um social emotional learning and academics with them we don't really ourselves i'm saying we don't really look at our work in the field of healthcare, and i just can only begin to imagine how fucked up it is and like if we can imagine that shit just working in the public school system like like and just working with kids in this aspect i can only begin to imagine just the deep dark holes that it goes into with uh, healthcare. When I think that like many things, I, I, th I think it makes sense. I, I think like many things, it's something that just hasn't been updated with the times. So like a lot of medical procedures and textbooks are based on, um, 
you know, uh, results and evidence that is, you know, well past needing to be updated, you know, and, and there's textbooks that say, you know, this is how you should treat this, this is how you should treat that. But these are based on test subjects of predominantly white people or of a certain population. And so there's a lot of classifications of people and there's a lot of back that are being uh, recognized as you look at just the, the vast majority of people that seek medical attention, which is everybody and understanding the difference in how some people's symptoms present differently based on the color of your skin, based on your age, based on your ethnicity, based on your gender, based on your sex, all these different things. And so I think that's where the medical system fails is that it's not updating fast enough to really provide these doctors with quality education to understand what they're looking for. Like we know that maternity, maternal mortality rates is an issue. They're not, I don't think they're focusing on the right problems, you know? Uh, and what they should be focusing on. That's not where the money and the time is being spent. I think that's like the issue. Trying to put a put a put a bandaid on a, on the hole of the dam. Like it's not mm, right. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. Gonna, I mean, he even, even said it. He even said it's like it temporary fixes. It's not even looking at the actual problem. Yeah, I mean, even in just the quote that Kareem read, he said, "You know, black women make up thirteen percent, and um, we just need to correct it." Well, what what does that what does that look like? Like. What's the why? Like, how are we going to get to the bottom of that rather than, okay, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, thank <laughs> you for pointing that out, Shiz. Like, you know. the, the microaggression in there is that he wants to correct Black people in the state of Louisiana and say, if we take out Black people, our mortality rates aren't that bad. That in itself is, is an issue for me as far as how you're looking at statistics and how you're looking mm-hmm. at your state. And, it, and I think, separ- again, it separates and makes other. Like yeah, exactly. Right, Let's exclude right. them. Look then less we're, doing, we're doing well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you take out the black people, we're doing fine. Well, right. black people are thirty-three percent of your state, so you should be concerned. Of your voices right there, you know? they're just gone. Yeah, you just silence. Yeah, so she's, I, I think that's a great point you bring up, and just the <laughs> the hidden undertones there that aren't so hidden and aren't so undertonish. But again, it's something that I think uh, continues to be an issue and, uh, you know, conversations like this. And I have seen it a lot in, in other places online, too. Hopefully people bring attention to it. And it's a conversation that can be pushed forward about, you know, medical practices in general, but just the bias that, that we see in the medical model. But yeah, um, like but because of that, like because we know as black people that we get mistreated in healthcare. That's another reason why black people don't trust the healthcare system. So they don't use it. It's a fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like even two, two times fold. Yeah. And I think it's easy to see how that cycle just keeps going, keeps going, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And then just the, I guess, like the cultural, cultural competency piece within the medical field, right? There's not a lot of black mm. doctors, you know? So it's just like, you got these white, um, it's a predominantly white, um industry and that's who they're most likely catering to you know what i'm saying so it's just that's another factor as well that we got to consider so i mean like if you really want to start looking at the deeper darker shit bro like really where where hospitals are built sometimes like Mm -hmm. that shit is that shit is um population control bro but even even boiled boil it down like like they don't want more black people but yeah, even so why, yeah, keep... I'd be okay with it if I was racist. I'd be like, oh, nice. Yeah. But one, even... one on the way in, one on the way out. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, that's deep. Because I know my ass ain't going to the Shattuck or what's that other one right off the of Dorchester Ave, Carney? I ain't going there because I ain't coming out. 
<laughs> well, Shiz, I think you just said, you just said something else too, and I don't know if you meant to do it. You probably did. You a smart guy, but you called the the doctors an industry, and I think that very much speaks to what meta like medicine is. It's an industry. It's a business. Yep, you know, that's the and, other problem. It, and it, it's so much about making money. Like what you charge somebody for an MRI for this surgery for this you know procedure. It, it's so much about the top surgeons getting enough billable time so that they can make the hospital money and put people in debt. And I think that's the other issue is that you're, you're in a profession that's forcing doctors to do that, to make money, to make their hospital successful. And they're not prioritizing the care of people. Or, well, yeah, also was, that's an American thing. That's that is American. American. Thing. Yeah. Yes, that yeah. is. We was that's in a, Australia, our boy, Tristan, our boy, yeah, who know Tristan, he yeah. was skateboarding down a hill, fucking got caught in a grate, broke his kneecap. And there, he was trying to think about like going home and getting surgery. It would have cost him twenty five grand. So instead, in Australia, he did the surgery, five grand. Mm. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a very fair price for a, a new knee. <laughs> right, y'all fix your knee five bandit, That's mad fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's even like some of the subtle shit too, like the the type of insurance that you have, right? Like mm-hmm. doctors and stuff look at you a certain way based off of your insurance package. Some some hospitals will even turn you away if you got a certain insurance. So then now if I got, got an insurance that's not so great, then that I'm I'm going to a guy who's just looking to, you know what I'm saying, get some billing hours who's not really taking care of me. So it, it just boils down to like and the prices shit. are completely made up. They, they have <laughs> nothing to do with how much the goods cost or how right. much labor it is, because it, it's so exorbitant. They just literally make it up. Yeah. And don't get me don't get me started with like the insurance companies too because them shits are fucking scams to begin with. And yeah, and I mean, and, and you don't you don't got to get into numbers here, but shit is like you you just had a baby, man. Like we Ooh. we all know that's not cheap, man. And yeah, and the fact that babies cost as much as they cost, which is a weird thing to say, but they cost as much as they cost to be birthed. Like that's a whole nother issue itself. I need, I need to get a know? hospital gift card. Bro, but <laughs> people need that, that's bro. A fact. Yeah. That's a fact. But yo, just give me two fifty towards the hospital. Like. Right. But, but that's the thing; they'll smile in your face. It's like, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. You should, you should definitely, you know. And when you guys go through that process, there's the genetic uh, test that you need to get, and there's three different genetic tests, and then they'll tell you to get the middle one. But then, you know, next thing you know, four or five weeks later, you got like this thousand dollar check. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Invoice, yep. Uh-huh. And if you uh-huh. don't pay it, and then it's a little subtle thing. You don't pay it, then that's that's that motherfucker's collecting interest. So it's just yeah. like it's what the why do I even got insurance for if you ain't gonna cover mm. this bitch? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it, it's a wild thing. Medical model is something else. Um, but what we got next? We got some headlines to run through, D. Yeah, we do, yo. Yeah, we do. Unfortunately, uh, when we talk about more cyclical stuff and stuff that just keeps the seem happening in the in the state in the in the country, um, we had another shooting today, um, in Texas, where we're learning about about uh, the number said last fourteen kids, yeah, um, yeah. and one teacher, um, and that story's still developing right now, so there's not much you know we can really say on it, but. I say it's cyclical because just about a couple of weeks ago, we had another mass shooting in Buffalo. Mm. Um, and just the amount of these shootings that keep happening. I remember distinctly one of the stories we did, I think right when we started was like going through the amount of 
think right when I think right when Trev started with us, we went through like the shootings, amount of mass shootings since uh, like in the past couple of years, and it just seems like it's so many more have happened in between that. Uh, just wanted to highlight that. I don't know. I know that's kind of off script, but. No, I mean, I think it's something that I think people are have to at least be aware of or noticing, you know, these these cycles of periods where there there seems to be not as much violence. And then we have multiple shootings in, in a Yo, several update, week period. Update, update, apparently 21 people are dead now hmm. in that text. Yeah. They first yeah. started with this first started reporting at two. It's up to 21. Yeah, it's, it's just absolutely wild. My back hurt. No, you're good. You're good. Um, it's a sad thing. Like, I don't know. Like, like you said, I don't know if there's much to be said. I think it's important to recognize this issue and at least talk about it. But, yeah, you know, and, and I, I don't know. I get why people do it, but the thoughts and prayers thing, like, I, I do, you know, pray for the families that are involved. But, you know, you see this so many times and time after time after time, like, thoughts and prayers are, are special for people. But, you know, when is there going to be legislation? When is there going to be, you know, change in our actions to, to, to deal with this? And I don't have the answer. Like, I don't know how you stop this, but like, I don't feel like there's enough being done to stop it. And that's my problem. There's too much money in death. It's way too much money. I had like this crazy ass, like, I wouldn't say like it's a fear, but like it was a thought in the back of my head, like, especially after that um, grocery store shooting, man, like, we're not safe anywhere, bro. Like we get, we anywhere. get popped off. I anywhere. was just thinking about this. <laughs> I can't go get some anywhere. damn Oreos anymore, bro. Like I was thinking about that shit the other night because um, my dad went to the grocery. He went to Stop and Shop, and like, you, if anybody knows my he was dad, like, be like, safe. Nah, nah. But it's like if anybody knows my dad, I, I D knows. Like I can make the joke. Like honestly. If a gunman held a fucking gun to my head and was like, call your dad, I'm like, nigga, you might as well just shoot me. Cause like my dad never answers his phone, bro. Like it's like the <laughs> like honestly, like it's funny, but like in a time like this, yeah, it's like mad. It, it's it's super like I, I get super paranoid, bro. Like it's it's fucking crazy. But to, even with this happening today, like kids 20, 15, 20 kids dead now at an elementary school. You know what I'm saying? Like grocery sure store. I can't, at, I can't. I'm sure you're looking at that real different right now, too, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't go to the grocery you're store, look, like D said, to yeah. get some Oreos, bro. Like, shit's crazy. Damn, I, can't I can't go in the hospital and get got. Like, damn, I'm supposed to get repaired. I get shot up in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. I can't go on the jog. I can't go get Skittles. I can't go get a Dutch from the store. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't even try to give the police my license. Yeah. Right. Like, I can't even like buy a Lucy cigarette. Mm. I I, and even, I, you know what I mean, bro? Like what at what point? Sorry, yeah. go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, you you you're so right though. Like these are the things that people are dying over. Bro, I can't go to church, South Dog. Carolina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nope. I can't go to church. Yeah, it's crazy. Like even the slave masters was letting the slaves go to church. Now, Bro, nowhere is safe that now. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, nowhere is yeah. safe. Even nowhere. even then, you look at it on the flip side. Nipsey was killed at home. Yeah. Yeah. Dolph at home. Well, let alone someone can come up into your house and shoot you up, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not safe. I was just thinking about Sean. Bro, Taylor. I'm not. I'm not. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm not safe in my own crib. Yeah. Pop smoke. Yeah. It's it's happened too many times. It's happened way too many times too recently. And I think what what gets to me is like the the rhetoric and the conversations that we have afterwards. And, And I think, you know, everybody wants to to have an answer as to why they did it right away. You know, he did it for this reason. He did it for that reason. It's because like, and I think that's probably just like maybe an American thing or a humanistic thing. We have to have an answer, but like, I think that's so problematic too, because it it takes away from what we should be doing, which is trying to prevent them in the future. So it doesn't even have to happen instead of just, and partly is understanding why it happened so you can prevent it. But I think the rhetoric and conversations and the discussions get too distracted and they get away from what you're actually trying to talk about. It's always, all right, how do we paint this person? If you, depending on which news station you watched, it's how do we paint this person in a way that, you know, fits what our viewers want to see. Bro, the Buffalo shooter drove three hours, bro. To shoot up planned, coordinated attack, like coordinated this shit. Like someone could be coordinating something right now, bro. Mm -hmm. Could have something in writing, just sitting on it. And one day we can go to South Shore Plaza, and he just starts. I, I, you know what I mean? Like one of us could be become a fucking statistic because this nigga was in his head for two years and finally got the itch to do it, and we just happened to be there. And, and speaking to that shit is like this. Yeah. And there's a story that came out about the Buffalo shooter um, a few days ago saying some family members reported they're blaming COVID for it because COVID created paranoia. And they go on to say he, that he was isolated. Was it his family or the victim's family? The His family, his relatives. Um, and they went on to say that he um, isolated himself during COVID for fear of getting sick. And in this article, they they spoke about blaming the media for how they portrayed COVID because it incited more fear for him than he needed to and and blame his isolation for um, devolving his people skills and interaction skills. And and in a general sense, blaming COVID for why this man drove three hours to to shoot. um, I don't even remember how many people it was, but too many like to, to coordinate this attack. You know, and I think that's COVID so that don't make no damn COVID sense. COVID gave this nigga it, a lot of time on his hands. That's that's all it did. But it's <laughs> it's just so frustrating that people use shit like that to scapegoat what the actual issue is. Like I'm gonna blame COVID for for my whatever, you know, deciding to to mass murder people as because if that's happens, a valid reason. It happens to all these white um mass shooters that create these acts of violence there's always some mental health aspect to it yeah but like always, in that, in that always they, happens in that explanation they really skip over the important part to me which is the media's role in it right mm-hmm. and 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 the media the, the way that the media be playing like ever since this donald trump shit bro yeah. shit has been getting real flagrant in the news like everyday news i don't know if you saw how they were re- reporting this. Um, I put it up on my Snapchat. They oh, weren't Fox. Even, Fox News wasn't yeah. even reporting the story. Yep. While every other news was talking about Buffalo. And Fox News was talking about January 6th. Who cares about January 6th? Yeah. How long was that shit? They were talking about January 6th. Like, like I don't <laughs> know if you, if you guys watch The Boys, but they have this episode where they show this kid who gets indoctrinated by the media. And this shit just seems like eerie, like art imitating life, life imitating art. 
You know what I mean? Like, that shit on purpose. Like, there's some there's some real shit to the media and the influence that they play. Like Tucker Carlson, unfortunately, that dude's show went to all the way watched the next day because the kid recited them in his uh in his manifesto. But mm. that dude has that dude, the kid cites Tucker Carlson's talking in that. Tucker Carlson isn't some dude you can find on the dark web or some dude you find on YouTube. You turn him on, and he's on fucking Fox, bro. One of the most accessible things ever. And it's propaganda and it sways people. This is the problem that people yeah. aren't listening to, that words have power. Yeah. Like words have real power. We're about to see some real shit in a little bit of people who start believing this shit and coming out and committing crimes. Yeah. They're getting indoctrinated. Like I said before, it's like they really try on population control. They're, they're, they're on some shit right now. Yeah. Yet Young Thug and Gunner in prison right now. Mm. Right, and they're about to be sitting there for a minute, bro. The trial is yeah, supposed to start, yeah, and yeah, so these niggas is getting Rico charges and stuff, and like the whole situation with NWA when they were coming out. Like, let's put that same energy into these fucking news anchors who are in in in, in a lot of ways spilling out this propaganda. To if you put that in a, in the mind of a kid who isn't mentally there, and then he yeah. goes out and 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 does this shit, like what what are we really doing? Yeah. We're going to blame it on COVID. <laughs> right. And, and I think the important thing is that, like, people who commit shootings typically have mental health issues. That's, that is that is true. But the issue with saying that is that people then get distracted and they are they allow the mental health shooting to be an excuse. It's not an excuse to commit crimes like that. It, it can explain what's happening. It's not an excuse for it. It doesn't make it right. It's not like, oh, he had mental health issues. We shouldn't be upset with him. We shouldn't figure out why this happened. We shouldn't try to do better. And I think that's what happens is you see somebody, oh, they had paranoia. They were schizophrenic. They were whatever. And it's like, oh, well, you know, they had mental health. It's their issue. Like, we can move on. Like, no, like, that means he should have gotten better care. He should have had more support. People should have been looking for the signs. School administrators should have realized when he made comments about holding a gun and wanting to commit shootings on school grounds. I should report this. I should have a comment. Like, these are the things that we need to look out for that too often people just, you know, gloss over because it's mental health or because it's a joke or because of how the person looks. And, and that's my issue is it, it it distracts from the actual issue. It distracts from the actual conversation that should be having. And what, what like, to me, what makes this shit that much worse is that he was on Twitch he broadcasts it broadcasted this shit on a gaming platform meaning that there could be other kids like him who are watching this shit and seeing how this shit played out because that shit that video is still out there i saw the video like mm-hmm. people got that shit like twitch could have they took that down but once that shit get on twitter and reddit that's just there have, yeah it's there yeah so there's mm-hmm. a kid who is who might be on that edge who's looking for that itch who's watching this thing play out and seeing that this kid came, he didn't, he, he wasn't killed. He was walked out. Like, you know what I'm saying? He, he stole some fucking bubble gum. Right. And people are going to act off of that shit. They got to start shooting these niggas too. Even if they find them, just buy Yo, like, I think like D say, yo, I, nigga, I'm, I ain't get my gun license. Like what's there I, to talk I'm, about after? So like, if you shoot 10 people, like what's there to talk about? Like, Right, you're you're guilty. You were pulling the trigger, and people are running away. Right, done. You filmed it. Like, what is 
Like, I know we got to do our due process, but like, what? <laughs> like, right. Like, you you filmed yourself doing it. Like, caught white-handed. <laughs> Facts. Speaking of getting caught white-handed. <laughs> let's, let's switch up the mood real quick. You know, he's real somber for a second. We're about to switch it up with a little lighthearted topics, a little off-the-rip style, you know what I'm saying? So speaking of getting caught light-handed, white-handed, oh, <laughs> um, there's a few stories out there. First, uh, Jamie Foxx was seen with a new uh, young lady of the Caucasian persuasion, and um, the internet seems to be having fun with that, saying Jamie Foxx is never, never going to not get caught without a white woman. And someone else got caught with a white woman. Going to uh, prom, and that's Bronny, LeBron James Jr. And he was catching hell for taking this young lady to prom just because she was what? It's very ridiculous. A kid. Yeah, exactly. Number one, he's a kid. Yeah. And the motherfucker go to Sierra Canyon, like Sierra. Nothing but white. Yeah, yeah. What, what was he gonna do? Another nigga on the basketball team? Like, he's like, come on now, like, no offense, like, yo, shout out to all my black queens out there, but like, come on, bro, like, there's probably only like, you know, two, like, two, two women to that. choose from. <laughs> no, that's yeah, a very I mean, real reality. That sometimes I feel like people don't. Or at least, at least that's the I can speak to that experience coming from a predominantly white place. And I think some people don't take it into account. Is like, yo, the, the slim pickings. Like, I'm one of the only um, African American people in my community, let alone ladies. Yeah, like growing up. So it's just yeah. like, it's it's a lot harder than people make people make it seem like. You just walk up and be like, oh, we're together now, like to a black girl. What? Like, like we should be able to like instantly partner up, like, 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 yeah, yeah, like that's yeah, kind of like just, you're not just compatible because you're both just, black. yeah, you're not just compatible because you're black. Right. I know that came out funny, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's kind yeah. of borderline racist, just saying like, oh, you're black, so y'all should be together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's exactly what it is, right? <laughs> it's saying your kind should stay with your kind. That that's yeah. what the underlying issue is. Yeah, and it's also like people ain't got shit else to talk about. Well, and that's yeah, like that's the thing for me is you know most of these people that are making these comments are probably grown ass men, and and that's the issue is why are you and women talking about is what sixteen, seventeen year old kid at prom? Like, what is what is really wrong with you right now? Like, let the kid enjoy life, and and. And granted, he he has one of the most famous fathers in the world. So part of this is, is something he'll just have to deal with, but it doesn't give it a, a reason that he should have to deal with that. It's not an excuse to go, you know, uh, abuse this kid online and make all these comments. You know, and it's prom, bro. Like, come on, like we we went to prom. Like sometimes you went with a prom date just so you could be around your friends. Like, right? They acting like he's about to marry this girl. Like, yeah, like it's just, yeah. It's just, it's it doesn't like, matter. Like people, like, oh, just, oh, your girlfriend got a friend. She's yeah. gonna be a I bet I'll go. Like, with we'll her. all go together. We'll, you know, we'll get the party. But like, come on now. Yeah, and, it's, and like, time and like we said, it's Sierra Canyon. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think they, they're taking that like, and, it, and it's. I'm sure LeBron has tra- trained all his sons that are on social media about this shit, but still, bro, that really sucks. You just like, 
a, a kid going to prom, taking one of the major milestones of your life, and there's people bashing you because of your it's high school, it's your friend, like even if it is his girlfriend, like just because you're famous, 17. just because it also because you're famous because their dad's famous, yeah, <laughs> not but, even, but yeah, not but even them, by, famous by proxy. But if he wasn't yeah. famous, yeah, do you think it wouldn't be an issue? Be? No, yeah, absolutely not, yeah. Well, I mean, that's like that's like that's like Dwayne Wade's um um daughter, daughter. yeah. And um, isn't she isn't she dating um a, a white? Yeah, she's dating a white boy or a person. Person, yeah, sure how yeah. They identify. And there, and there was some wasn't there some issues around that too? Yeah, yeah. People were speaking up against that. Yeah, and they were saying, oh, like being in a relationship and stuff like that. If it was normal to they'd be sexualizing little fucking two-year-old boys and girls that'd be hugging yeah. each other by oh let's a little lady killer. Like so like, yeah, people ch- pick and choose when they want shit to be okay. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked about it before, but it just it goes back to just like it's the negative side of social media. Social media brings so many great things, but this is one of just the terrible things about it is like you just get young kids that just get Berated by random strangers, and it's just like it's a terrible effect of it. Yeah, a bunch of a bunch of negative hate for people who would not say that shit to his face. Hell no! Mm-hmm. And you think he's tripping? That nigga rich. Nah, he's like, he's oh, not he's tripping. But that's that's the thing is like let's not ignore that. Like Bronny has his dad, so like his dad can tell him like don't worry about that, don't worry about that. But for the average kid. If yeah, they had to deal yeah, with something like this, that's that's so damaging and hurtful to hear those things and not yeah. be prepared by your superstar father how to handle that. Like, yeah, it's not something any kid should have to deal with, whether they have somebody to, to walk them through it or not. You know, then nobody said anything about Mikey. No, he got a, Did Mikey he got do the same girl? thing. You got a white girl. Yeah, white girl. See? Yeah. You taking mad pictures and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mikey, Mikey, that's what I'm saying. It's like only because years, of who he is that people are acting like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, Mikey about to be a bust though. I don't I, think he's gonna be I'm that thinking. good either. He's not gonna be nice. I tell you, Mikey, Mikey been like in high school. He been a freshman for like five years, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dead ass. I think he's gonna be a bust. Well, Where's did he even like, like or like just regular like. Like that Matt McClung kid or Andrew McClung, whatever his name was, that white boy. That yeah, Matt McClung, McClung was disgusting, yeah. bro. He was, he nice. was, but like now he's yeah, in the G League. He's on the Lakers. He was on the Lakers last time, check. Yeah, G League. Yeah. Nah, but I, I mean, he give, give him a chance. He, he might get called. He might get called up. Yeah, he's been caught up a little bit. I mean, that's what I'm saying. He was like, oh my God, he's so good. And then I mean, he broke, broke Allen Iverson's record for all time leading scorer in, in um, Virginia. Georgetown? It's just basketball is just hard to stay good at for a really well, I mean, long in the, time. the state. Oh, in the state. So I got you, got you, got you. Because it's different levels mm-hmm. to this shit. Yeah, it really is. And people mm-hmm. are just getting so good at basketball. Right? And I think a lot of the dudes who are like super nasty, who end up like actually being good, you don't hear that much all the hype around them that's coming up unless you like are really, really into like recruiting. Like, you know, like the guy be like, oh, he's going to be good out of college. And then like, there's some dude like, oh, where did he come from? And they're nasty. Like, it's about how much work you put in. Is it skill or is it is it the system that you get into in most cases? Uh I think it's both of those and work ethic. I would say that it, it's well, skill, work well, well, ethic. Well, well, fellas, you stumbled upon another topic talking about skill, work ethic, college systems. 
We got Nick Saban uh, oh. in the news. Okay. Mm. Nick Saban talking okay. about Jackson State University, saying that uh, <clears throat> accusing him of paying $1 million for the number one recruit that chose to go to Jackson State. And uh, just overall, some other disparaging comments. Um, Kareem, you have some of the quotes or, you know. Some yeah, of a, a couple I just wanted to point out. So he, he does his interview. Um, and speaks about the this recent recruit that committed to Jackson State. And then in the interview, he says, um, talking about the NIL system, which is the name, image, and likeness system that the NCAA has recently implemented to allow players to be paid um, for said name, image, and likeness. Um, it's gotten completely out of control, and it's not a sustainable model. It's to the point where you've got these attorneys, agents calling collectives and saying, pay my player $100,000 a year, and then they want their piece of that. They all want to cut referring to Jackson State and referring to uh, Texas A&M as well. And so in this interview, he speaks to saying Texas A&M bought their number one recruiting class. And then as D spoke about, he also specifically names Travis Hunter, who was the number one um, recruit who signed with Jackson, Jackson State, a historically black college. Um, and goes on to say some other things. I definitely recommend people watch, listen to this interview because it's interesting, you know, his demeanor and how he talks about it and kind of how, what he goes over. Um, but I think what was, oh, go ahead, T. PWI's been doing this shit. He just mad that people can do it like on the books. Now he's like, damn, my system's ruined. Like, like That's he, exactly he was doing what that shit is. on the black market. You know, like Alabama, like. Mm-hmm. Those big schools like that, like come on, you know everybody's doing buying it. Yeah. strippers and hookers and shit. Like what's mm-hmm. the, the crazy? But the downside of him doing that though is that it it gives not only Jackson State a bad rep, it gives every other HBCU team a bad rep as well. Well, did you guys hear Dion's um responses to this at all? No, so I thought he handled it so so well. So just a couple a couple things he said is he goes on to say the thing that stung was that so you feel that there's no connectivity for the culture for our people so that the only way we could do that is if we're paying them so that's how you feel so it's no way that i could secure a power five caliber player like he chose something less to participate in than what they'd offer to um, travis picking an hbcu as opposed to a power five um which i think is just it's such great awareness to him you know, and and then I think he goes on to say later, um, speaking about, again, Saban's comments and, and how they affected him. I'm disqualified from a guy that looks like me, talks like me, walks like me and kind of wants to be like me. That's a problem to me, referring to um, why someone would want to come play for him. And I think Dion just handled it so well in real in how he spoke about why kids want to play for him. You know, speaking about the culture and one Dion's arguably, he, I think he is the best cornerback to ever play, one of the greatest football players ever. Why would a player not want to go get coached by him, especially Travis Hunter, who I, I believe position. is a corner? Right. Yeah. So it's not hard to make that connection. But Dion's bigger point, I think, is so well spoken in these quotes. Yeah, man, I, I totally agree with that. That's the part that I'm saying is, is people aren't even, people are acting like Dion's not Dion. Like there's no mm-hmm. nuance in this. Yeah. Mm. Like Nick Saban, Nick Saban is also disrespecting Dion in that, like being like, "Who's he?" Right, exactly. You no, know, exactly. Like, but that's that's prime. That's prime time. Like, mm. 
you don't get the nickname primetime for no reason. Like, right. Like he's on the level of like, like on some uh, Magic Johnson shit, like Dion Smile and shit. You know what I mean? Like he's just, in fact, he's just charismatic. Like that's Dion. He's like bigger than life. Like it's like an aura to him. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. how can you not understand that and believe that a kid would get caught up in that? It would want to emulate, like Dion said, emulate that and show, like this guy can show me the game. Nick Saban, what did he do in the NFL? Yeah, not the- good point. <laughs> he ain't do shit. Exactly. So right. it's like either I don't need to worry about these chips. I can need to worry about this kid's right. I need to worry about my NFL career. Right. And become and the best any- player I could potentially be. So like, I don't get how. I feel like that's wild that he doesn't even look at it like that. Mm. But even even just the fact around, like his comments around the one million dollar allegation, like the fact that you got to throw money at black athletes for them to come and play for your HBCU team. Mm-hmm. It's just like wild to me. So that, okay. So that's what you think of them, which there has to be like what, what T said before, like, damn, this is how I get these niggas to come play for me in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Throw, throw, throw a couple hundred thousand dollars at them, you know, just to keep them satisfied and make sure that when the, when the national right. uh, signing day comes, they're putting on that Alabama hat. Yeah. Sounds like a sore loser. Like this. That's oh, what it comes off to me. It just sounds bitter. It sounds petty. It's he sounds entitled. He sounds like he deserved to have Travis Hunter come to Alabama as if he owns these kids or they're or or as if they're supposed to be going to a certain school. Like it just it's it's a terrible, terrible look for him. And he's yeah, come out and apologized for did, did Travis Hunter sign with uh, Alabama or was it Florida State? Florida State. I think he's signed with Florida State, and then big he committed. slave owner vibes though. Like, damn, I missed the best nigger. Now I'm pissed. These <laughs> niggas buying themselves back. Like, come on. <laughs> that's that's what I'm hearing. That's oh, exactly. Oh, they got yeah. nice plantations. They got yeah. showers over there. So, oh, okay. Now you want? Yeah, come on. Yeah, he's yeah, throwing a tantrum. It's it's a bad look, and he's come out and apologized to both Dion. Reportedly, he reached out to Dion and um, the Texas A&M coach Jimbo Fisher to apologize but i think you you made the comments public because he had you had yeah and, and you name drop coaches and schools in a public and quite interview. frankly the damage has been done already yeah so there's, I, there's no coming back from that that apology is like a public safe face kind of thing but yeah. I, I that doesn't mean much to me like that i think this gives us a pretty decent idea into how nick saban looks at recruiting and looks at you know some of the uh recruits he gets and i wonder if it's going to affect his his future recruiting classes if Probably they hear not. these comments. Probably no. not. I think it's there'll not. be I think there'll be some. I mean, obviously kids are gonna want to go to Alabama because you can almost you can't guarantee an NFL ride, but you can get a, a really high percentage. But I think some kids are gonna say that's not a person I want to play with, even if it gets it me a better chance. It could shed light on HBCUs more and being like, oh, for real, word like definitely could. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think I that's think the hope with, with with Travis Hunter. It is you see a top player like that go to HBCU, you can hope that. You know, maybe if you can just get the top, top guys that are as close as a guarantee to the pros as you can to go there, it might allow for some of the, the lesser talent that still have a chance but are just not quite there athletically or whatever to go there and just kind of develop and, and bring some more attention to them. I got a question for you. What would it? What would you think it would take for some of these top athletes to make that transition? Like, they all get together and be like, yo, I'm going to Jackson State. Like, what but would they, it take? They do it in basketball already. Recruits in basketball because of AAU, 
Mm. Yeah. Basketball is just, it's different though, because you can, you can get the one and done thing. Football is, is so unique because you have to stay three years. Um, yeah. And just the, the danger of the sport, you know, it, it's so easy just to get an injury and, and be done. And if you get one injury that can seriously knock down your chance to go pro. Uh, I don't know. I, I think in, in Jackson State's case, in Jackson State's case, he can probably get a lot of backs to go to that school because it's prime. Um, and I think if he continues to develop his coaching staff, he can continue to get other position players to go there just because you're going to go against the top cornerbacks in the, in, in the country. It's going to take NFL players going to HBCUs. Um, shout out my boy Kenyon Andrews at Tennessee State University. Eddie George is their coach now. Rare mm. played for the Tennessee Titans. Like yeah. he's a legend, yo. So like, I mean, he's one of the top backs. So yeah, that's a good point. You don't want to come play with them at least in skill positions at the very least, and that's what mm. you need. So like, damn, that, like, that's going to be the change. Cover. Yeah, we mm. have some of the we have the pioneers and the best players to play the play the game of football ever now, and they're black. So now they just got all they got to do is go back, go yeah. go to HBCUs and mm. coach there. And and to flip Nick's Nick's comments, the NIL deals will help to allow for HBCUs to have some better chance to get players because Thanks. they can they can make this connection that hey I, I maybe can't connect you with as many offers as Alabama can, but you know we can show you love here, we can support you, and we can get you connected and make you some money. And some money is better than no money, you know. So I think those deals will definitely help, and they'll only get better from here, you know, as it starts to get better, as it starts to get more redefined as to what is allowed uh nil deals will definitely benefit the smaller schools um as long as it's fair i guess bigger schools will have opportunity too to make to give kids more money but it, it can definitely benefit those smaller schools and the hbcus too yeah i think it still helps overall just with like especially those kids in the lower d1 programs with just like getting enough money to get by in general yeah like yeah. you know, these dudes get home, get home from practice after the calf closes, and that's it. Like, mm-hmm. you just don't get to eat unless you already got food stocked up. So, just that extra that they can make 30k in a year, 20k because they still gonna get mad free shit. Like, that's enough to get them by through the school year safely. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Shit, Full ride and some extra money on the side. Yeah, mm-hmm. come on now. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you think about how many kids are coming from a single family household, you know, that money goes to family too. And, it, you know, it helps the kids to feel like they're helping their family, it gives them back, it gives motivation to do more, be better. You know, like you, you got to think about intrinsically all that can do for a person and not ju- and their family, not just the player itself. Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, any money, 10, 5, 10, 15, any money is, is better than what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like that's a good place for us to wrap it up. Anybody have any last words? Anything else you want to tell the good people? No? All right. Sean, take us home. This has been another episode of Off the Rip. See you guys later. Can you go tell them where to find us? Uh, oh, is that what you said? I didn't I hear what know. you said. <laughs> Shout out to Mook. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend tell three a friend. times, right? Three yes. times. Yes. Tell another oh, friend. Oh, we'll tell another up. friend four times. Go listen. You won't be disappointed. Dots up, baby. Oh, yeah. This podcast was produced by Edgar Mutabi, Rashawn Powell, Trevor Perry, and Darius Payton. Oh, yeah, homies,